And welcome to The Substance of Style with me, Neve Cunningham, and the lovely Louise Vance. And this week we are going to be tackling London Fashion Week. We have many different designers that we actually quite enjoyed. We didn't really know what to expect from London Fashion Week. Mm -hmm. um, I was pleasantly surprised. What about yourself? I think when I think of London Fashion Week, it's always primarily about creativity. Yeah. So New York, as we were discussing um, in the last podcast, it's very commercial based and for that reason mm -hmm. it can tend to be very safe whereas when I think of London Fashion Week I think of it being the complete juxtaposition of that. Yeah. It is all about artistic expression and creativity mm -hmm. and emerging talent and kind of thinking outside the box and it's not necessarily about what's going to be commercially acceptable yeah. or saleable. It's about a real kind of artistic expression and also using clothes as a, a political statement which we've really seen this season yeah very oh my very God. strong the vivian westwood show like we are going to discuss it but it was just like a oh well really made you think about it yeah and it's actually been interesting kind of you know reading people's you know reactions whether it be on social media whether it mm -hmm. be in articles and you know some people it's been a massive overload other people you know love it some hate it so i think there's an awful lot to discuss and get into it so. depends what way you view fashion I suppose, and yeah. what, what you're kind of into. Um, we, we will dissect it and we will discuss it. Yeah, so hopefully plenty to kind of get our teeth into. Yeah. So I think when looking at the schedule, kind of the first main show that certainly caught my eye mm -hmm. was Simone Rochaz. Um, interesting kind of play on what we would normally see from her. Mm -hmm. uh, what were your thoughts? Um, well, from looking at it just first off, I thought it was like taking the SS19 prairie dress kind of trend and mm. pushing it into autumn winter, which yeah. I'm totally okay with because you will definitely be seeing me in some of those dresses. Mm. Um, but there was a nice mixture of like the plain tones that maybe was maybe a wee bit more of like an opulent um, design. And I just yeah. like the, the, the mixture and the contrast of those. I think whenever I think of her as a designer, I always think of kind of that um, play on architectural design mm -hmm. and layering and not necessarily an overtly kind of um, centralized, sexualized collection. Mm -hmm. You know, she she approaches kind of femininity and, and sexuality in maybe a slightly um, not off kilter, but not necessarily in the traditional sense of the yeah. word. And I think certainly from anything I've heard about the collection and, and reading kind of the press release, she was very kind of heavily influenced by, you know, films like um, Pete and Tom and Red Shoes, where it's kind of an, an exploration of that kind of, you know, female yeah. sexuality. And for her, when you look at the pieces, you know, you can see that it's maybe just like a little flash of the knee or a flash mm -hmm. of the shoulder. It's not about the full kind of exposure of the female form. Yeah. It's like flashing those small elements of, of skin. Yes. Um, there was a part that I um, really liked where like the... The trench coats and oh, yes. that kind of brings out exactly what you're talking about where they were sheer and it was layering up so it kind of let you see through it and it was again yeah. playing with that like I don't know like exposing but still like hiding bits and pieces but you know one of the things which I've kind of noticed obviously I've kind of read a lot around the collection mm -hmm. and read the reviews and interviews you know that Simone did after the mm -hmm. show and I kind of felt like, yeah, there was a lot of artistic influences going on there. You know, she was very much inspired by the work of Louise Bourgeois as well. Mm -hmm. And as I, I mentioned, you know, movies like um, Peeping Tom and Red Shoes and the idea of voyeurism and privacy and all of that. But in fairness, I think just directly looking at the clothes, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily pick all that up. I think if you know that and you look at it, you kind of go, oh, yeah, I guess I can kind can of see, see that. 
But I don't think it's something that you immediately pick up whenever mm -hmm. you first look at the collection, which to me lessens the power of that message. Yes, I totally agree. Like there was nothing in particular that stood out. There was like maybe one or two things. And I'm like, oh, that's quite nice. But as a collection mm -hmm. overall, um, I thought it was maybe subtle. Again, there was like the dresses I loved. I loved the trench and um, the mm. trench coats. But other than that, I was like, yeah, it's, it's nice. Could yeah. have pushed the boundaries a wee bit more, but satisfied. I suppose yeah. that's not the kind of expression you want to use towards a collection. You want to be wowed or have a wee bit more of a, or a wee bit less of a sitting on the fence kind of position. Mm. But it, it was okay. It was nice. Mm. I think that's the thing about fashion, though. We don't necessarily always have an extreme emotive reaction to mm -hmm. it. And, you know, there'll be certain people that are, you know, massive fans of Simone's work love what she does and we'll have seen that collection mm -hmm. completely fallen for it but you know it's not necessarily always everybody's bag and yeah. that's not a bad thing for me i'll probably be keeping an eye on her when it comes to the next kind of fashion months so yeah. that maybe yeah. i'll start to understand maybe her design a wee bit more and understand where she where her inspiration kind of comes from and that mm. might help me kind of figure out where she's going with her collections so another designer that actually comes to mind whenever I think of just kind of sitting on the fence, nothing new, was Victoria Beckham's. Mm. Um, it didn't really wow me. Um, I understand where it kind of came from. It's, mm. It is a ready-to-wear collection. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe just nothing too creative came out of it. Mm. Am I allowed to say that? You, you're always allowed to say what you think. And that's the whole point of what we're doing here. Yeah. You know, we're not here to necessarily agree with each other. Yes. I think because we have such differing sense of styles as well <laughs> what you love isn't necessarily what i love and vice versa no, um, gonna be me. no well <laughs> i get where you're coming from yeah. um i think with victoria beckham she is very much designing for herself she is designing mm -hmm. for a woman that is around her age that has the same kind of when i say the same kind of lifestyle obviously we're not all married to you know david beckham, david beckham <laughs> and you know have an entire fashion empire but yeah. That kind of woman that's, you know, in her late 30s, mm -hmm. early 40s, wants that strong capsule collection that mm -hmm. she doesn't really have to think in the morning what she's going to wear. She can just go in and grab and go. Yeah. And I think she understands the mentality of that woman very well and knows how to design for that woman. Yes. Doesn't necessarily mean that the collections are Super massively creative. creative. <laughs> yeah. But in fairness to Victoria, I don't think that's what she's trying to do. Yeah, it's not what she's trying to achieve and she's staying yeah. consistent to her brand. Yeah. And yeah, no, you're definitely right where it's 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 catered for a certain type of woman. Mm -hmm. And I could appreciate that. I definitely can. Yeah, I think seeing what she put out on the catwalk this season, mm -hmm. I find actually quite interesting because obviously with the previous season, this is the second time mm -hmm. she has shown as part of London Fashion Week. Prior to that, it was always New York. Mm -hmm. Last season, we had kind of her 10th anniversary collection. Yeah. So it was very much that kind of um, snapshot of the world of Victoria Beckham and how her designs have evolved and changed over that 10 year period. This season, I kind of saw a slight return back to sharper tailoring. Yes. Those first kind of couple of years in the, in the brand, it was very much the dresses that I loved to wear. It was that very tight bodycon, very simple cuts, yeah. but very, very beautifully executed. The images in my head now, and it's just like a major throwback. Yeah, and I loved those dresses. Like, I was completely obsessed by them. Yeah. Because um, obviously, it was kind of a continuation of what we'd seen from Roland Moray, and that was the style that she was very mm -hmm. into herself that she was wearing at the time, and that was reflective through what she was putting on the catwalk. And I mm -hmm. think as her style has evolved, so has her collections. Yes. Um, but with this one, I kind of felt like it was a, a combination of those kind of looser silhouettes 
but in a slightly more tailored way than we've yeah. seen in previous seasons, which I was really pleased to see. And I really did love kind of the pops of colours. Like there was a really nice um, sort of almost like a checked suit with a cape. These most amazing um, electric blue yes. thigh high boots mm -hmm. that I was just oh, I love that. That's just really cool. So, it was beautiful. It was really nice and a different take on that design. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, it's a good, I think it was a good strong collection for her in terms of mm -hmm. what she creates. But I completely understand what you mean whenever you say it, it doesn't necessarily um, meld into the notion of what London Fashion Week is, which is kind of this creative hub of yeah. pushing artistic boundaries. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't a good collection mm. either. So does that mean I've converted you? maybe I don't know maybe someday at the minute I don't think I'm at that stage mm. I could still see myself in bits and pieces but yeah. it is definitely for a more mature lady who maybe has her her true. life more together than the freelance creative who's figuring it all out but I I, I did love it it was it was it was nice yeah, yeah. nice it's satisfied uh, there's that word again satisfied <laughs> it's okay so there was actually one thing I did like and well, two things that I did like. I love mm -hmm. the use of the check patterns. Yeah. Um, and there was like a few different contrasting where the shirt was maybe a different um, to the skirt. Mm -hmm. And I also loved the outfit that Victoria was wearing at the end of it. I think yeah. that was probably my favourite one. Um, it was like the tan jumper that had like the the donut kind of, yeah, the yeah. navy donut knot in it. And then she was wearing these like navy um wide light treasures mm -hmm. and I just thought it, it it was beautiful and that was my favourite the one the Victoria models was my favourite outfit in fairness so to Victoria like, she is the perfect ambassador mm -hmm. for those clothes because she as I said she designs yeah. for herself I think so. that's why you believe in it so much because again it comes from a very personal place yeah, yeah that she probably looks at everything on that catwalk and she's like I would wear that and I would wear that and I would wear that and mm -hmm. she she can relate to it yeah and we can relate to it and we can relate to her I think the great thing about Victoria Beckham is that she's very much designing for herself mm -hmm. so as a result she really understands her consumer she understands the mindset of that consumer and what they're looking for mm -hmm. in the clothes that they wear and that's really reflective and yeah. I think it's great when you have a designer that understands that customer, mm -hmm. understands what they want, and yes, maintains artistic um, freedom, but do, does it in a way that they know is going to be highly relatable to their customer yeah. base. So, yeah, what you're saying is maybe someday I will be able to relate to Victoria Beckham yeah. and get wearing her clothes. When, and I do when, not when doubt that. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I'm coming so over. Okay. No Galloway. I'm getting old. <laughs> so obviously with Victoria's collection we talked a lot about kind of the consumer side of things mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, really getting into that mindset of the consumer. I think that's something that's very evident with JW Anderson's mm -hmm. collection. The difference that I think of when I think of JW is that even though he has a very clear vision of what's going to work from a commercial perspective, mm -hmm. he never loses creativity. Yes. Which is what makes his show so interesting and so special. Well, for me, it was a very pleasant surprise because mm -hmm. some of the shows kind of lose their artistry. And I know last week we spoke about um, Mark Jacobs and it was very mm. arty kind of all sort of thing going on. But yeah. I think J.W. Anderson just had the right balance of artistic creativity you can see it was a wee bit different you can see where his inspiration came from mm. but still was giving us what we wanted giving us like the fashion that we wanted to watch his show for yeah yeah well one of the things i love whenever you kind of look back throughout his career mm -hmm. and his background 
is he started off you know in visual merchandising he um worked in prada and really kind of learned from the ground up you know he got that grounding of you know what works visually mm -hmm. for the consumer what works for the brand real understanding of brand identity and the, the building of that so i kind of feel as a designer you know there's some designers that it's very much about the the artistic side of things and mm -hmm. they need a team around them to kind of temper that yeah whereas with the jw he has the business acumen but also mm -hmm. the kind of geek out artistry yeah he loves art he is very very creative mm -hmm. but yet has that business acumen to create a collection that has that perfect balance between mm -hmm. clothes that are going to sell and clothes that women are going to want to wear but equally clothes that kind of you know tackle silhouettes and designs in a slightly new different creative and innovative way mm -hmm. that means that you're wearing something that feels new it feels yeah. fresh it feels modern it feels different mm -hmm. and that i i just I, I love that you know use of color use of tailoring i mean yes. ugh, the first three looks those sort of you know the capes <laughs> and the the knitwear that kind of had a, you know me i love a good cape yeah but oh, i just like literally from the first look i was like i know i'm gonna love this collection see it was just so interesting to see as you said like the silhouettes and the different kind of the the tailoring and it went from dresses to like these layered up capes and coats with mm. the cinched in belts in the middle and for me i i could see it and i was like oh this is definitely something that would maybe fit into my wardrobe for on, yeah. the, on those days that I maybe want to dress a bit more dramatically. Mm. And it, even though it was, I call it costume, like hog couture, yeah. it was just, it pushed the boundaries of his mm. vision without getting too far into it. That you were like, yeah. oh, that's just like a one-off kind of artistic vision that can actually never be worn in real life. Yeah. You, were, you were getting, sorry. <laughs> you were getting that from him. You were like, yeah. I am going yeah. to be wearing art. If I put this on, I'm going to be wearing art. Yeah. And certainly if you have the chance to watch the, the catwalk video, mm -hmm. definitely I would recommend checking that one out in particular because the magic of so many of those clothes was actually in the fluidity of the mm -hmm. fabric and the way that they moved and flowed as those models walked. And as great as it is to kind of have that catwalk imagery, you know, from a photographic standpoint, yeah. I don't really think it did the collection justice because yeah. you don't get that feel of the fluidity and the movement mm -hmm. and how... You know, JW creates silhouettes that look relatively simple, but when you see the movement of how that fabric flows yeah. and sits on the body, it's actually very complex to get it to do that. Yeah. And certainly some of the looks which I really liked personally, um, wouldn't necessarily wear them, but actually mm -hmm. like really loved them. Um, things like that, the knitwear on the top that kind of you know went into that kind of you know very much um, JW known kind of triangular point morphed into a, you know a beautiful silk skirt you know yeah. and that oh. kind of they talk heaviness. about the pistachio kind of colored skirt at the bottom yeah yeah it was like the second last look but it was just oh. and it was the only thing that color in that collection i think mm -hmm. maybe there was another way hint of pistachio somewhere else but it was the only thing and it really made it like stand out mm -hmm. the heaviness of that knit juxtaposed with the the delicateness of the of the silk and mm -hmm. just it was it was really really pretty something that it, it sounds very simple but very very effective mm -hmm. you know i think as well there was some of the other sort of shift dresses where he almost had like tulle wrapped through like a running stitch around the bottom yeah. and, the, and the necklines and like that in itself was really interesting and you know a different it had take like on the a, tool, like on the shoes and yep yep which again on the video for the actual <laughs> show looks so good again. it was insane like it, it felt very peaceful like it was set at the oh, it was set in um, a Japanese sand garden and it just mm -hmm. felt everything between the movement of the material and 
had the models walking and the layering up of everything it just felt kind of like serene kind of magical mm-hmm. in a way very much so and I know that in terms of creating that sand it was a beautiful apparently beautiful plush kind of thick mm-hmm. carpet which again you know silence as the models kind of walking through it you know very very peaceful serene and also with the concept of the the Japanese rock garden where no matter where you're kind of standing within that garden you can only see so much of the stones you can't see everything and I kind of thought it was the same with a lot of the pieces on the catwalk you know depending on which vantage point you were looking at it Mm -hmm. you were getting something different every time so what you were seeing straight on front on wasn't necessarily what you were getting from the side or from the back yeah and it's that kind of exploration of those extra details Mm -hmm. as the model moved around the room because instead of doing that kind of traditional up down straight catwalk yeah they walked around the room Mm -hmm. and I loved that idea as well I think that worked really really well I love how we're going into like all these other things that made the show so amazing that Mm -hmm. isn't even the clothes and that's why again we love J.W. Anderson's show because it was so creative and it did push the boundaries of what London Fashion Week is actually about it's about the creativity and the the artistry of it really and I think for certainly for me I really appreciate it whenever I can see that a designer has really kind of thought through that entire creative process and presentation I know we talked a bit about it in relation to New York Fashion Mm -hmm. Week but when all of those pieces seamlessly come together to create an overall message and aesthetic through the production values through um, the casting of the models, mm-hmm. through the the soundtrack that's used, when all of those things are cohesive, strong voice communicating that same message, yeah. it just makes the clothes stand out even yeah. more, and it just it, it works so well. And I, I I love it whenever you can see that it has been so well considered. Mm-hmm. And certainly with JW, you know, previous collections, he'll have art pieces on the walls that have inspired him, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you you can see that really considered um, process and. For someone like me that's very kind of considered interpersonal style, I really respect that. Yeah. You can live the art. That's why fashion shows are so important, that it's not just about the photos or, yeah. like, it's not even just about the clothes. It's the whole aspect of everything being put together that really makes it special. That's yeah. why we love Fashion Month. Last week, whenever we were talking about New York Fashion Week, we went into our highs and lows. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest... Based on what we've been saying on our uh, WhatsApps, I think it's pretty obvious which one we both completely went crazy, mental, excited for. And that was Burberry. Whoa. Like, pleasantly surprised. And at the same time, not surprised because obviously Mm. it's such a powerhouse when it comes to fashion. Mm. But just the display that they put together and the amount of looks that they put together, it was... Mm. It was just, it was an amazing show. It just covered all the bases for me. Oh, I just, I mean, I was a massive fan of Ricardo whenever mm-hmm. he was designing for Givenchy. And obviously, like, you know, Burberry had been led so strongly by Christopher Bailey. It was kind of interesting to see what direction Ricardo was going to take. Yeah. I think last season was kind of just him putting his sort of feet in the water and kind of just establishing himself. Mm-hmm. This collection was him completely <laughs> running with it, knew exactly what he wanted to do. Yeah. And oh my word. It was just everything about that show. Mm-hmm. The staging, the production, the music, the, the juxtaposition of the street style and the tailoring. Yeah, it ah, just worked. I just, I just, I literally was, oh, it was fabulous. <laughs> and I'm excited she's getting over this. But it was, it was honestly amazing. And it's funny how last week we spoke about Michael Kors where um, they picked the theme and they went with it and they just completely and absolutely just, that was all they did. And to be honest, it's funny how Burberry 
picked a topic or a theme and they went with it but in a completely different yeah more innovative way than just like what you would generally think like they didn't just you didn't stick mm. to the same thing basically they changed it up and it really really worked it it worked it, it wasn't in any way like tacky or oh they really kind of you know they tried something that didn't work they mm. just it was amazing it was awesome they just covered all their bases yeah it you could tell that it was something that you know as a brand and you know as the mm-hmm. you know as creative director you could see that you know ricardo really had that strong mm-hmm. ideal and belief that he wanted to put across yeah. But it was done in a really clever, smart, artistic way. It was you know, still done in the way of like the Burberry brand. That's what I thought yeah. was so clever. Like they took the street style and the urban mm. kind of um, setting and p- put their own touch to it. They didn't just take that bit of culture. They did it in a Burberry, in the most Burberry way possible. Yeah, well, Burberry as a brand, I think it has a lot of juxtapositions in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those kind of old school English brands. So it has that English heritage and certainly, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of abroad, you know, in terms of the, the Asian market or the American market, it is very much seen as that kind of quintessentially English brand. So you've got yeah. the Burberry check, the Burberry Mac, that very kind of classic tailoring. Mm-hmm. But when you look at um, what was going on in the brand sort of the past 20 years and certainly under the um, creative control of uh, Christopher Bailey, it really took on that kind of streetwear aspect. Mm-hmm. And I think certainly in the UK in particular, we yeah. don't necessarily think of Burberry as being that sort of, you know, Oyos, you know, English, you know, Mac and that's it. Mm-hmm. It does have a very strong street style, street influence. And with what Ricardo did this season, he took those two things mm-hmm. and melded them so beautifully and perfectly together yeah. whilst having a very strong political viewpoint yeah. running through the show as well. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that it was all so cleverly put together and, mm-hmm. and, and thought out. I know certainly even just from the design perspective, yeah. you loved so many of the clothes, as mm-hmm. did I. I. I did love everything. And I love that the fact that like urban street style in London is such a big, big aspect of the culture. Oh, totally. And but the tailoring and the luxurious, like the luxury of the designs mm. at Burberry is like I feel like they're two. To be honest, I feel like they're two completely different ends of the spectrum because obviously you have people maybe with less money who are doing her do street style and urban yeah. and all that sort of thing, and then you have people with money. And I just thought the amalgamation of the two, like. It, it was really, really nice. It was really, um, they really thought about British culture and what is mm. happening now, and it was very relevant. I feel like there was a lot of people that again wouldn't be into maybe like luxury or maybe designers designer yeah. gear, but what they've seen, they could really, really relate to it. And mm. I love that whenever brands get off their high horse. I'm not saying the Burberry are on their yeah, high horse, no, 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 but know you know what I mean. What I mean. It can be yeah. very pretentious. Like brands in general can be very pretentious and. It's only seen by maybe a certain class of people wear it, mm. but Burberry really brought it home. Really brought it, yeah. Like, I don't know. It just I feel like everyone would have loved it. It's that level of relatability. I yeah. think a lot of people wouldn't even consider, even think of looking to the luxury houses for fashion mm-hmm. inspiration because they do see them as luxury. They do see them as high end, and they mm-hmm. don't see them as in any way relatable to how they want to dress mm-hmm. and the the process of what they want to communicate and evoke through what they wear. Um, and what I really loved was just in terms of even the staging of the show, mm-hmm. you know, you had two very, very different platforms. 
um, and two different sets of tickets. I mean, the, the audience members that came in, some had a golden ticket and some had a silver ticket. Yeah. And the people who had the golden ticket sat in the, you know, the oak panelled room in the mm -hmm. comfortable chairs. And the people with the silver tickets, who ironically enough were the likes of um, Nick Knight and Anna Wintour. Yeah. So the kind of the fashion royalty, as opposed to being put into the golden ticket room, they were actually put into the silver ticket room. Mm -hmm which was almost like a, a warehouse-style environment with chicken wire along the um, the walls and sort of the English youth climbing up yeah. that. And it was very much kind of, you know, we are the youth of England and, you know, street culture. And in there, you had kind of the juxtaposition of that and beautiful classical music yeah. playing. So it's like, yes, just because it's classical tailoring and it's, you know, it's, it's that element doesn't mean it can't be relatable to the, the street and the street can't claim that for themselves. Exactly. Equally, in the oak panelled room, you had kind of, you know, rave music and all sorts of, you know, yeah. very kind of street. It was so cool. It was so strange watching it because when you watched it live, mm. it, it, it cut between the two. Yeah. And it was very like, it was a wee bit like, oh, wait, what's going on? And then you went back mm. into like the, the, the golden ticket room and it was like this heavy rave playing and yeah then you went back outside and it was like soft and classic and it was even with the contrast with the clothes you just understood what was going on mm -hmm. you really really you got it yeah very much so and just that the whole mentality of you know we have a youth culture of today who you know want to be actively involved in what's happening in our country they want to reclaim their country mm -hmm. for themselves they want to have a voice they're relevant they're strong mm -hmm. and they're a part of our brand they're a part of of what we're trying to achieve it was so and empowering just, oh it was absolutely do you know what as someone that doesn't normally like streetwear and mm -hmm. I, I i will put my hands up and i will admit to the fact that a lot of the streetwear brands i don't i don't it's not your thing i don't relate to i don't get to it's yeah. not my thing but so many of those looks I, I actually would have worn yeah. I'm not just talking about the kind of the, the typical sort of Burberry tailoring. I'm talking about the actual streetwear pieces. There were pieces I was looking at going, I really like that. You know, there was a really cool kind of um, black kind of big oversized jacket with this really cute little mini skirt. And mm -hmm. just kind of looking at going, yeah, I'd actually wear that. Even things like there was like red Adidas style tracksuit bottoms mm -hmm. and, the, and I had like a she was wearing like a, a fur zip up, like cold shoulder. And they had obviously like the like, no, the, the hair against the forehead. And it was yeah, all very, yeah. it was very, I'm going to say urban again. But like, mm -hmm. I think of like maybe like, like grime artists or like yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. And it was, it was just like, oh my God, like I'm definitely going to be running to a charity shop soon and mm -hmm. grabbing a pair of like Adidas, red Adidas tracks of bottoms and pairing it up with something completely different. But yeah. it was just... Yeah, we're going to use that term relatable again. That yeah. everything I seen, I was like, oh my God, I, I have clothes like this. Mm -hmm. Like I, like, you know, I can, I can relate yeah. to it. It's yeah. not like completely out of the ordinary. Like fair enough, they did have um, like the Burberry trench and mm -hmm. like classic Burberry pieces. Yeah, but beautiful it, tailored dresses. Yeah. And, yeah, those beautiful kind of work suits. And... It was just a perfect mix of, yeah, both, both worlds, yeah. both designs. Even like there were some of the looks where you could see that there was kind of a mixing of those two styles together mm -hmm. where you maybe had, you know, one of the male models in effectively a suit style outfit, but with a body warmer over yeah. the top. Are you talking and about like, like the with the green body warmer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love that because yeah. it's that idea of, you know, you don't have to be one or other. It's not about necessarily being a specific in the box tribe. Mm -hmm. You're urban 
or you are kind of a, a sophisticate, you're, you're yeah. part of the system or you're part of youth cultures. Mm -hmm. Like, why can't you be an amalgamation of those of two both. things? And I think it was done in a very, very, well, I certainly felt it was done in a very authentic way. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to be a luxury house and we're going to try and speak to this urban street culture. Yeah. It wasn't like that. No. It wasn't done in a patronizing way at all it, it was really authentic and i dare i use that term authentic but it, it genuinely was it was, it was very it was very well done they yeah. just hit the nail on the head in the most perfect way it wasn't pretentious they weren't like trying to get in with the with the kids and what's going yeah. on like they really took it and made it their own and involved themselves in the culture and what's happening in yeah in the political climate at the moment which, you know, when you think about what's going on, you mm -hmm. know, we've got a lot of kind of political instability. And I think it's really nice. You know, fashion's always been used as a political outlet, as a way of being able to, you know, evoke conversation and debate and a way of projecting what mm -hmm. you're thinking and feeling. And it was great to kind of see, I mean, we've got so many iconic British houses that have really done that over yeah. the last kind of 20, 30 years. And to see Burberry doing that and taking that mantle up again and really kind of pushing that side yeah. of it. But in a way that didn't feel like it was pretentious and like you're trying to read too much into it. It just, yeah. it was all there to see. And I just, yeah, I oh, loved it. Like with all of that, I'm just going to run into the next one because London Fashion Week had so much politically charged yeah. shows or like messages put across it. Um, and we know kind of what we're probably going to tackle now in regards to political, like, yeah. oh, um. Yeah, so it kind of probably goes in nicely with er, er, well, Milo, what I thought. Um, Milo too. And it pains yeah, me to say it because I, I have such high respect. But still, it's like Vivian Westwood. Like, what what yeah. was kind of going on there? And I don't mean like when it comes to those political messages and that sort of thing. Maybe just because I'm not, again, like super like strong involved in it which is probably mm. awful to say that because we should all be but Vivian Westwood's show I felt was too much yeah but maybe that has an underlying message in myself when it comes to certain like political things maybe everything oh. is too much and I like to take a stand back a wee bit and it's all just oh, you could really dive deep into this mm. I think when you contrast what she was doing with her collection versus mm -hmm. what we saw in Burberry was that, you know, Ricardo had a few kind of, you know, strong messages that he wanted to communicate through. Mm -hmm. And they were a cohesive, strong message throughout that entire collection. Without forgetting about the fashion. Yes. So you had really well-styled, beautifully made clothes communicating an ethos and a mentality mm -hmm. that was then echoed through the stage production, the music. Every element was well thought out and mm -hmm. was evoking the same thought process it was so that, balanced though yeah so that made that message strong because you knew what what it was trying to say mm -hmm. i think with vivian westward obviously she's kind of known as kind of the punk of the fashion scene yeah. and very much kind of not afraid to say it how it is mm -hmm. and very much associated with that and i think at the moment there's so much that's going on in the world and even in terms of fashion and sustainability and all of those debates that mm -hmm. you know are really relevant and really important and it was almost as if she's like, okay, I want to be relevant and I want to be the one that's kind of, again, taking that mantle. Mm -hmm. So do you know what? I'm just going to take every single issue yeah, and just she covered a lot, throw like... it out there. And I kind of felt like it was a combination of, you know, 
wanting to have really diverse casting in our models mm -hmm. and it be in relation to gender, age, body size, all of that, plus all of these political messages all being spewed out, all very, very different, plus all the looks on the catwalk, there wasn't necessarily a cohesive theme throughout yeah, no. what was actually being put out on the catwalk. So I think between trying to kind of understand the diversity of the models and kind of take in all of that, plus take in the diversity of the makeup, plus take in all of those political yeah, ideals was, that were coming through, too much. and the collection as well. It, to me, it was overload. I couldn't, I couldn't process it all. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know when the collection was actually on the catwalk, even though it was always on the catwalk. Yeah. But I was very conf like I was like, oh, is this just like the opening starting bit, and then a few models would kind of come out and then like the actors come out and and then they would do another piece and I, I just really and I wasn't following their conversation I was yeah. it was it was very jarring and I understand I nearly feel bad whenever I say stuff like this because obviously it's a very important message that she was well messages mm. that um, she was speaking about and something yeah. we should all be very aware of I don't know if it was nece necessarily executed in the right yeah. way it it was it was too much and like i didn't have time to even consider the clothes mm. and that's what fashion week is like fashion week obviously is a platform that you can yeah speak yeah. about these things but i also want to see the fashion and make it a, like very obvious to me what the fashion yeah, is yeah. and i nearly i don't know it was it was just it was all a big distraction and i do feel bad saying that because obviously it comes from a very good place and mm. I don't know. I still wanted more of the fashion and I wanted to be blatantly yeah. obvious. And maybe I like, I, I know we talk about the production a lot and we like something mm. different and something that really immerses you in that world. But I I wasn't immersed in the world. And yeah, it, yeah, it just, it did. Oh, I just pulled my leg off in the middle of all that. I'm obviously thinking about it a lot. But yeah, it just didn't do it for me. And I don't even have an opinion on, on the collection. I, I, I think that I, says it all, really. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know what I saw. Um, I think there was some like, there was a there was a nice um suit the the first guy was wearing. Yeah. Um, there was like some patterned. Oh, I remember one look, and it was like the really patterned unitard. Oh yeah. And she's wearing like the pinstripe shirt over it. Yeah. I, I like that. This is this is enough already that yeah. I I can't really recall any of the outfits. Again, like, I think that's another issue. I mean. If you look at Burberry, yes, Ricardo put out a lot of looks. Mm -hmm. But again, you didn't feel like you were being overloaded because everything nicely flowed into yeah. itself. Even when it flowed from streetwear. Yeah. 106 looks. In like, tailoring, it crazy. still felt cohesive and it still, you, you weren't reaching overload. Yeah. Whereas I think another problem that I kind of had with it as well is, you know, one of the sort of overriding issues in fashion at the moment is sustainability in fashion. Yes. And as somebody who has and wears pieces that are in my wardrobe for 20 years, like I believe very much in considered purchases and buying something that you know you're going to want to have that longevity and want to continue mm -hmm. wearing. And that's been a mentality of mine when it comes to what I choose to wear mm -hmm. for many, many, many years. So I, I already can, I, I believe I already do sustain, you know, I yeah. believe in sustainability and it's my ethos in terms of how I choose to dress. Mm -hmm. But there is something to be said about a designer saying, you know, it's all about sustainability and don't buy clothes, don't, but you know, don't yeah. buy things. And then they put out 
the amount of clothes that she put out it's yeah. like well make up your mind you yeah know. kind of what's happening here yeah because as well you know in terms of the sustainability issue mm -hmm. the point of it is that you buy something and you're able to wear it for many years to come yeah and i don't know looking at that collection i'm not sure how many of those pieces necessarily have long-term longevity within yeah. your wardrobe so i kind of feel like if you're going to have a political message your designs should properly echo that and when i say properly echo that i don't mean having a slogan written across the front of it yeah it should be down to how it's actually designed and how that's going to fit into somebody's mm -hmm. personal style and into their wardrobe but then again maybe you could go along the lines of maybe that is someone else's personal style it's not our personal style but that could yeah. be someone yeah. else's sustainable wardrobe like example the the suit i mentioned like the the suit that the first guy was wearing mm. um like i think there was the same material in a coat yeah. and there are pieces that you can see will last ages i think was it rose mcgowan is wearing like this like kind of like a airline like big smock dress sort of thing yeah, yeah. i'm like again that could be someone's personal style it's it's yeah it's hard it's hard to it's hard to know but i do understand where you're coming from whereas she was talking about sustainability you maybe didn't think that her collection reflected that yeah and yeah, i agree i think i love Vivian Westwood, I have the uttermost respect for mm -hmm. her career and what she's achieved mm -hmm. and the fact that she was one of those British designers that was really one of the first to kind of politicise fashion mm -hmm. and really want to kind of communicate that message. And I think she she had her strong political viewpoints. She knew what she wanted to say and those clothes very much reflected that whenever she was designing, you know, her first sets of collections. Mm -hmm. And I think now in this world of social media and where there's so many issues and so many things that we're talking about now i think she's kind of looking at the world and going how can i be relevant yeah in this new system how can i be that rebel and communicate that to a a, a new audience a yeah. new age and i think that's what she was trying to do with this show but i don't think she got it quite right yeah, it was nearly t like as we said overload it was it was too much it was yeah too much went into trying to make herself relevant by making such a statement yeah um personally vivian westwood isn't my thing mm. um again we can always appreciate the the creatives and what they oh, do yeah, and course. obviously she's such an icon in the fashion industry um but like every single show i go in being like i'm prepared for what i'm about to see in front of me mm -hmm. and if i like it or not and i i just didn't like it yeah well i think we're not the only ones that have had that reaction. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of debate since the show took yeah. place, and I think there's a lot of people have been kind of. Sometimes I wonder if people. Sometimes I wonder if people are jumping on the bandwagon because it's mm -hmm. Vivian Westwood and she's such a big name, or what they actually yeah. think. I feel like y you can definitely do that across the board when it, we talk about that, and um, the bias that people have yeah, when it comes yeah. to certain brands. But uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how other people kind of figured out that collection and what they yeah. thought. So I know Vivian Westwood was super controversial, but I feel like the next collection we're going to speak about is controversial in its own little subtle way. And it's really, really yeah. interesting, actually. It was Christopher Christopher Kane's collection. Yeah, well, I've always loved his pieces. I've loved his debut collection, and I've been always very interested to kind of follow his career mm -hmm. and follow that progression. I think this collection in particular, it's been one of the strongest yes. of recent years. But it was really interesting how he kind of took a topic which is generally something that, you know, amongst kind of mainstream fashion yeah. isn't necessarily explored. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that he tackled it in a really unusual way, which was 
looking at fetishism and looking at um, lunar and rubberists, mm -hmm. which you know isn't something that we kind of necessarily. I know it's like I didn't think we were going to be going this direction with this video. Yeah, but, <laughs> but we're here now. Yeah, we're here, so we're just going to roll with it. But he executed it very, very well. Very much so. It sounds a wee bit seedy, but if you actually seen the collection, and the link is below, mm -hmm. um, it it was it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful collection. Well, that's the thing. It was taking something which I think we all kind of have that preconceived perception of what we think that you mm -hmm. know fetishism is, and instead of kind of putting out a very predictable collection of you know head to toe rubber outfits and mm -hmm. whatever else, he took elements of those things and interwove them into very classically styled, yeah. beautifully tailored, um, gorgeous material and just very sort of high-end mm -hmm. execution of design, but throwing in those little fetish like nods to it. Yeah. Nods. Um, and yeah, I think it worked and mm -hmm. I think it worked really well. And it, it looked luxurious, like you were getting like just because of the topic that it is that what the models were wearing look like really high-end pieces of clothing and you think mm -hmm. that again when it comes to fetishism that sort of thing that they'll be wearing very little clothes or there'll be masks yeah. or they'll be i don't know carrying like weird whip shaped bags or yeah like just really yeah. just really ott but it, it just wasn't like that at all it was just so classic the smartness of him as a designer mm -hmm. that just because he chooses to run with a theme doesn't mean that he has to kind of hit the audience over the head with it. Yeah. And it's the understanding that as an audience and as a customer base, that, that Christopher Kane customer is intelligent enough to be able to decode without it kind of being too yeah. obvious or too obscure either. And I think he got that balance where you didn't feel like it was like, I don't understand where he's coming from with this. Yes. But equally... Wasn't oversaturated. Yeah, totally. And... As a topic that isn't necessarily something that is part of mainstream culture, mm -hmm. I think it was a really interesting way of incorporating that into a collection mm -hmm. rather than doing it in an obvious way that would immediately um, polarise people's yeah. opinions and thoughts. I feel like we've spoken about that definitely across New York Fashion Week and London Fashion Week because we spoke about um, Michael Kors, like they went for it with the 70s and then we spoke about Burberry and they had a perfect balance between the tailoring and and uh, the urban kind of street style sort yeah. of stuff. So it was it was refreshing to also see like someone picking a theme and running with it, mm -hmm. but in the most like like the little sidestep way because yeah. it wasn't in your face. It wasn't like, this is what I'm doing. This is what you're saying. It was little things like the accessories or the trimmings or the embellishment. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it, was, it, was those, it, was, it was those subtleties that made you really appreciate it more. It was very, very cleverly done. Yeah. As you said about the trimmings, you know, a perfect example of that was this amazing pink duchess satin coat mm -hmm. with these um, rubber panels on the elbows and so on amazing. the cuffs oh that God. were actually bolted onto the <laughs> onto the coat as opposed to being sort of sewn into it yes. and a part of it. It was almost felt as if they were an addition to it. Mm -hmm. They were added onto it. They were another element to something mm -hmm. that was you know ladylike and beautifully finished and beautifully tailored in a very expensive fabric yeah i really love that juxtaposition like they weren't they weren't the main like it wasn't like a full coat with loads of studs over it loads mm. of bolts it was just very 
it just it paired up very very well and now when I even think of that coat like it was a collarless mm-hmm. very like very feminine it was that kind of yeah. shade of like like a dust kind of powder pink yeah and it it was just it was all very ladylike it was as mm-hmm. if like the the model wearing it was like I'm a lady with these little interesting kinks to yeah. add to my wardrobe personality it was it was it was interesting mm-hmm. I think, she smiled thinking about it it's just yeah. so funny but it's that exploration of feminine sexuality but not doing it in an overtly obvious yeah manner and I think in the past we've seen you know when it comes to female sexuality mm-hmm. it's been maybe sort of very very tight very short body con dresses yeah like it wasn't provocative yeah for... or it's been full-on kind of um dare I say very in-your-face fetish-esque mm-hmm. elements um but with Christopher Keane he really took it in a very considered manner and I really like that and respected that because mm-hmm. you know Female sexuality is something that tends to be shied away from a lot in fashion. And I almost felt like this collection was kind of claiming it back and saying, you know, we can be empowered and still talk about these Yeah, these talk about things. these things. And we can still, like, we can still keep our ladylike appearance and have, as I said, like the model with this vision, have their kinks or have yeah. that thing that makes them interesting like just the different sides of people's personalities and really push the boat out on that. Definitely one of the one of the most memorable collections. Yeah. Um, and for the right reasons mm-hmm. as well, as opposed to kind of, you know, the wrong reasons. So yeah, loved it. And that is London Fashion Week. And it actually really surprised me. I didn't expect mm-hmm. to be so like artistically drawn to so many collections because mm-hmm. New York Fashion Week was completely different. It was about the consumer. Yeah. But the designers at London Fashion Week really pulled it out of the bag. Oh, completely. And for me, I'll be totally honest, usually the weeks that I get most inspired by Mm -hmm. is Milan and Paris because from a style aesthetic perspective, those designers design more for me as a consumer. Yes. Um, Usually (laughs) London's a little bit too cray-cray for Mm -hmm. me. But what I loved this season was, yes, we had a lot of that artistic expression, Mm -hmm. but it was done in really smart ways and really relatable ways for someone like me. Mm -hmm. So... I feel like there are so many looks that I could pick up, you know, from next season that will be really different, will be really innovative, will have that artistic flair, but done in a really clever, smart way that it still has that classic feel to it that I, as a consumer, can really relate to. Mm -hmm. So I, honestly, for me personally, Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the best London Fashion Weeks I've seen in a good while. That makes me happy. It's really good. Like, with, with New York, there's obviously one or two shows that we really loved that we could mm-hmm. pick clothes out of. London blew it out of the water. There was plenty oh, yeah. and it was the artistic direction when it came to all of those shows and the clothes. And mm-hmm. I think with Milan and Paris now coming up, there's going to be a completely different, like what we're going to be looking for is going to be completely different than what mm-hmm. we expect from New York and London. Yeah. I'm going to be looking more about the artistry and not only everything that's put together but the artistry of actually the making of the clothes mm-hmm. um, and I think that Milan and Paris like with being like the top runners when it comes to mm. fashion month they're definitely going to bring it yeah and I know you know every fashion week within fashion month very much has its own identity yeah and I there's so much that goes on in Milan I mean obviously we're, we're kind of it, it kicks off tomorrow because mm-hmm. um, we are filming this this is the last day of London Fashion Week mm-hmm. and I think it's something that 
we have to mention something that you know we're both are very shocked yeah. and saddened by and that's the fact that we have the sad and terrible news, news this morning carl just shook like completely the, the, there's not even words to describe whenever i think it was this morning we kind of like brought it up with each other because obviously the news came crashing in and it was it was just like it nearly couldn't feel real it was just like that was the most when you thought of fashion you thought of Carl and it was just like felt like the whole world was going to be in mourning for this innovative and iconic person who brought so much so much to any of the houses that he worked in yeah as well as well worked in he was those houses like he is Chanel he like he's creative directing for um what creative directing for Fendi mm-hmm. and obviously he has his own brand but he just offered so much to fashion and design but also to the generations of people who found inspiration and then mm-hmm. he was just like just like the epitome of all of that and I know like right now I actually feel happy thinking about everything that he brought to the world and his what he brought to all of us. Of work is just. It's you just can't even comprehend in your own head when you think back at the longevity mm-hmm. of his career and everything that he created and accomplished and you know certainly in terms of the house of chanel yes obviously it you know it was established coco chanel we all mm-hmm. we, we all know of this you know amazing woman who really kind of you know pushed those boundaries but in complete honesty for the vast majority of us the way that we interpret chanel is through the eyes of of Carl, yeah, and Carl really took the, the DNA of Chanel and made it his own. And all of those kind of you know s- styling cues that we think of in relation to Chanel that was entirely it's through Carl. the eyes of Carl. And the thought of Chanel continuing without Carl is just you can't fathom it. Yeah, it just we don't know what what lies ahead. And like if it can't. Like, the sense what, of what, loss. I yeah. mean, I think anyone who is a, a, a true lover of fashion, mm-hmm. the thought of somebody that was essentially a, a demigod within mm-hmm. the world of fashion no longer being there, it, it just, you just can't get your head around it. It's yeah, crazy. Still in, still in shock. And, you know, for everyone working within fashion, it's just... It's you a know, huge shock. I can't imagine what the people in Chanel, I can't imagine how they currently yeah. feel because this was... And Fendi as well. And yeah. Obviously going into Milan now, like, you know, we do have the the, mm-hmm. um, the Fendi show and, you know, that's going to be... Certainly for me, I'm going to find it really difficult mm-hmm. to watch that show and really difficult to watch the Chanel show knowing that these are his last collections that have his artistic touch to them and i imagine you know both of those houses because he was such a tour de force him not being there is a massive gaping hole within the fashion world and you know i think we we really just wanted to kind of take a moment and really kind of appreciate what he has done and the loss that his Mm -hmm. passing brings to to the fashion world so we will just say thank you to Carl and everything that he gave to us, inspiring <laughs> us, the industry, the world, and yeah, we just we just remember him now. 
but we will see you guys next week for Milan mm -hmm. and I'm sure there'll be plenty of interesting conversations happening on that one.